2: Recorded live. Hello, this is uh, Mike once again. It's nothing but the truth. But I'm trying to find it, and I found it in my Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. And, uh, oh, it was going to be have a show here. Uh, hopefully next week we will start it. Uh, the past four years uh, with a new friend, uh, Richard, and uh, but I, I guess we'll have to wait. He had an opportunity to be with his son, and I understand completely. It's interesting. I was praying before uh you you reached out to me Rich, uh Larry and uh about Richard, and he couldn't make it and I' was like, God, you know uh, please bless this you know one of the things I've been going through in my head is uh in the beginning was God, you know what yeah. I
3: mean yeah,
2: and so uh, you know this approach about developing some discipline and remembering that and applying that in my life, so I actually prayed about the show. Make sure, you know, God, uh, yeah. please bless us so we would do what you would want us to do. And, uh, well, it turned out that that's the way it's going to be, so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: so, we've got Larry and we got Chris uh, this evening again, and uh, they agreed to, to uh, go over chapter 7 of Matthew and have a discussion and um, a reading on it, so. I appreciate you gentlemen both joining me, and um, and Walt listening on the other end, and uh, those who will listen in the future. So I've noticed that things are slowly starting to pick up as far as downloads, and the numbers are slowly increasing, that's good. So it's there's people listening to us, folks, and um, that's always a good thing. Not that at the end of the day, that's what matters, but in a way, it does too. So you know what I mean. We want to share the message with others. So, um, yes, I don't know how. Do you, how should we go about this, gentlemen? Well, hey, would you like to... well, um,
0: yeah. Why don't? Uh, why don't? Uh, my voice. <clears throat> I've been. Pretty active today on the phone. I don't know how many hours I've been on the phone with different people today. <laughs> so I'd li- I'd like to ask, that if if possible, you and Chris could read, and I can you know I can jump in and make comments and so on about that. But before we do, I'd like to ha- I do have one request since we're going to be uh, covering the aspect of of judgment tonight, judging and judgment. I'd like to just <clears throat> read. Um, uh, read a definition of judgment. Um, now, this is taken out, of course, uh, the internet dictionary, and I, I think it's pretty apropos. It says, by the way, there's several different definitions within the within the scheme of the word itself. But the first one is the ability to make considered decisions or come to sensible conclusions. <laughs> Okay, now the synonym, there's several synonyms. Uh, Discernment, um, common sense, perception, uh, discrimination, (laughs) reckoning, prudence, sharpness, reason, and logic. But another definition, which is considered a secondary definition, I find this interesting. A misfortune or calamity viewed as a divine punishment. (laughs) Okay, so I I just wanted to throw that out there uh, because, and we're going to be talking about what, you know, how to apply the right definition for the terms in the context that we're reading it. So that's all I had to say. So uh, whoever wants to start reading and you know it's it's kind of helpful i mean I just i've i've learned over the years that if you do, if you try to keep it in five, five verse segments it makes it a lot easier to do expository teaching rather than trying to read the whole chapter and go through it if you do five verses and stop and make a comment on those five verses and then move on just a suggestion you know well that's perfectly fine and and chris would you be willing to read
3: sure yes, absolutely great
2: voice great voice when it comes to reading so oh thank you Yeah,
1: thank you. Uh, Let me just finish uh, the last two verses in uh, 6, 17, uh, uh, verse 33 and 34. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Chapter 7. Verse 1, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thy own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly enough to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye.
0: Well, I'll make a comment. I and mean, Feel free to jump in any time, you know, uh, Michael or, or Chris. But, uh, you know, how often have we heard this? How often have I heard this? Maybe I need to maybe I need to hear it more, but judge not that you be not judged. You know? Now interesting because I don't really think that um there's any real born again believer that is overly concerned about being judged by man. In other words, we, we've we already been to the judgment, and uh, our sins have been purged, and we have the imputed righteousness of Christ, uh, and so we're not going to, you know, we're, um, it says in another place, judge righteous judgment. But um, I think that there is some lessons here in that uh, we we certainly wouldn't say discern not, that ye be not discerned, okay. Judgment, I think, in, a, in this context is talking about what happened to the woman who was brought to Christ by the Pharisees who, were co- who was caught in adultery. Because what were they going to do? They had not only judged her, but they had already sentenced her to death and were ready to stone her to death. So, this was a judgment that had condemnation and a sentence of death to it. I think that's different than than discerning making discernments about things and um you know do do you guys have any comments about that?
3: How about you Chris
1: yeah that uh that that beam is a two by four <laughs> lightly. Uh and we've all got one in there somewhere. But uh, uh the Lord says by the meat, you know, by the measure you will, you know, be ready for for yourself to be judged in the same manner that we judge. We don't think on those things. We, we figure, oh, oh righteous Chris, I can judge. Well, but I don't want to anymore. You know, I can admonish. And like you put up, you know, Larry yesterday, uh judging and discernment are two different things. And the Lord was a master of discerning where we would probably judge.
0: Right, and also uh I I'm I don't want to dominate this talk. I have a ch- tendency of jumping in and <clears throat> But anyway, the other thing that comes into my brain on this thing is that um you know it it's not judging to tell someone you're in disagreement with them, okay There's a lot of people out there that automatically draw the conclusion that if you disagree with someone on their interpretation of scripture or doctrine or whatever that you're judging them and that you know uh, and oftentimes they leap to that conclusion, for example, if I'm talking to someone well. A good example would be let's say Chris and I are having a discussion about whatever, it doesn't matter, uh special revelation, you know. And Chris says to me, Well, Larry, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you on that point. And I come back and say, Well now don't you judge me about that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Chris isn't making any judgments against me about that. He is registering his particular interpretation about that. So there's a real important lesson for us to learn the difference between judgment with condemnation and a sentence attached to it and just being discerning about what someone is talking about. And I do agree that in four that let me pull out the moat out of thine own eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye. For an example, if I if I called up you know, uh Michael, and I said, "Michael, I really think you're in a, into idolatry, <laughs> okay, whatever you know it wouldn't matter uh you know I, I think you're in image worship, I don't even know Michael that well, you know, but in a conversation or something, I picked up on something that and I'm here in image worship, you know, and uh Michael happened to have a friend in the Pineville area, and they came in my house and saw. Pictures of Jesus all over the wall, which there aren't. <laughs> but, and uh, they call up Michael, and say, "Hey, you know, Phyllis has got pictures, images of Christ, all over his wall in there." And Chris, Chris calls calls up Michael and says, "Michael, have you heard? Larry charged you with idolatry, and he's he's ten times worse than you are." I mean, that's just an example, okay? In other words, what happens is, I think, is when people start pointing their finger, like you said, there's four pointing back, and if you really want to be <laughs> zonked, and I have been, just start pointing out some other people's flaws or errors or maybe perceived sin, and, and they'll, it'll come right back right back in your face, you know. Yeah. And I think this is what that's saying there.
2: Uh, there's also what you're, you two gentlemen are talking about as well as uh, – the use of my, you know, you know, people can use this as a way of deflecting or mind control, really, of uh, keeping you from really having a, the a meaningful conversation. And which you say, you know, oh, you're you're judging me. You have no right to judge me. And um, you know, we could talk talk about something worldly. You know, maybe it's, um, oh, I don't know, gay marriage. or say that gay marriage. So. And, you know, you people say, well, you know, I don't agree with it. So, or because it's, you know, it's, it is, uh, you know, because of its sin, uh, the sin nature of us. But then again, you know, there could be another way of looking at it, too, is like, do we have any business to us? I mean, who cares if what they apostate... Satan-driven government does in the first place. What would you expect? You know what I mean. So, so they it face judgment on the on the government itself. So, in the end, one has to make judgment. But I think maybe could it be really talking about when it comes to. You know, our own personal sin nature, our own personal depravity, and the fact that we are all sinners and we need to, God's help to to clean us up and save us and give us the grace and the mercy that we that we don't even deserve.
0: So I don't know. That's, that's a good one of the point. things point. I mean I, I think that's right. I mean if you just take one particular sin, which well the reason I point it out is because I see it so glaringly in uh in myself. I don't like it, but and that is the sin of uh Pride, you know, because sure. pride takes pride takes so many forms and and I see that you know uh it's real easy to you know where where scripture says that you know to consider someone uh in other words, put others before yourself that's that's a paraphrase uh you know that I think is one of the hardest things i it's impossible in the flesh, you know um I heard a guy say, you know, <laughs> e- e- even though you give somebody else, you know, the biggest lobster on the plate, you're still looking at it saying, you dirty rascal, you took my lobster. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: you know, it's, it's always there. In other words, there's some there's that ingrained thing that says you know what, you're right, I'm going to play Mr. Pious and I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to let you have your say and I'm going to sit back here, but all the time you're doing it, you know, you haughty, proud, no good slime ball you. <laughs> that goes on in all of us, you know, and if we say it doesn't, we're a liar and the true thought in us, you know.
2: Yeah, I do know, and it's it's really <laughs> just it's, it is disturbing me if I, you realize how judgmental and how wrong based that the judgment is. Oh just, man, but, um, it's just usually based on you know some petty issue, you know, and um, I don't know. It makes me think about the, what I'm struggling with, gentlemen, as far as going to church and the struggling with that notion that you know when when is it when is it going to church for the right reason and when is it basically idol idolatry for, for me absolutely you know, I mean? you know what I mean that's really
1: well i don't think we're supposed to sit sit under a, a a a just for the sake of going to church and doing your thing on sunday in accordance with whatever you know is <laughs> a misnomer and uh but to sit, but to knowingly sit under a hireling. Say you live in a small town or whatever, and just to just to show your face. You know, I don't want to hear about Israel over there in the <laughs> Middle East and, and all. Well, like I said, uh,
0: I had a conversation with my sister-in-law lately. She called up and she was talking to Rosette, and she was trying to lay a, a guilt trip on Rosette, and Rosette was needing my aid to come to her aid because my her sister, her younger sister's very, very domineering. And I picked up the phone and she was more or less going off on Rosette, you know. Then where where are you all? Now you just tell me, where you all going to church? Where are you all going to church? <laughs> Brother, church. So, and I yeah. said I said I said, Susan, Susan, it's Larry here. Larry to the rescue of Rosette. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Church is not a place you go, Susan church is not a place you go. Where did you get that idea that a church is a place you go? You know, I said, church is you know, I said, worship, you know, worship you don't have to be in a certain place to worship Christ.
1: They got that out of tradition. Oh, I know. Not, got in, the really,
0: book. Got not really in the book. Quiet, got really quiet and she says, well, <laughs> I can see where this is going. I guess I'll put it like this. I hope to see you all in heaven.
3: <laughs>
0: wow! But, but you know what? Uh, my response wasn't good. My response wasn't good at all. I look back on that, and I was just as fleshish. Now that's been that's been quite a while ago. But that I, I, I was just as fleshy as she was. You know, and uh, sometimes like. Walt says, you know, we, can, we can't always control our, you know, what comes out of the man and, you know, we, you know, and the heart and so on. And, um, you know, so I had a situation just recently where I'll, I'll keep this generic. I, I better keep this one generic. <laughs> okay. I heard about I heard about a situation where a guy came into quite a bit of money and and his brother found out about it. And his brother calls his father and says, You know what? I heard that so and so came into a lot of money. We've got to figure out how to get his money. <laughs>
1: and, and his
0: father called his brother up and said, hey, you better look out. <laughs> Your brother's out to get you. Okay. Now, here's the thing. The person that was conniving to get his money, the, the person that, that found out about it's heart, if it was in the right place, should be this, pray like this, Lord, thank you for me not being... In the situation where I was trying to get his money instead of the other way around, because it's only by the grace of God that's who what we would be trying to do and I think that's, yeah, what this is, that's i true. think that's I think that's what this is trying to teach here, you know i mean it's like uh look at look at number uh because this is what uh this is what Mike was referring to, I think. Uh, says, do not give what is holy unto the dogs. Where is that? Trying That's to the next find
1: verse. That's the next verse.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, well,
2: I would like to also, just, we go back to what Chris did, and he did a good job by going back to verse 33 and 34 of uh, <clears throat> chapter 6. Because right. what he's saying here is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you
3: right they, no, and
2: so when we talk about this the greed and the yeah. envy and all this stuff a lot of that is about worrying about tomorrow isn't it it's about
3: uh, that's right
2: and uh, if we are focused truly if we truly are focused on seeking first the kingdom of God <clears throat> and we know that it's not found in brick and mortar if we worship in spirit and truth but not in the things man made then uh If we're focused on that, then we, I, I, at least I know from my own personal experience, there's not much time to be worrying about what other people are doing.
3: That's right.
2: And I think that's where, isn't that really what's coming down to? I mean, it's not really saying here that we're not supposed to make judgments in our life. It's just saying in particular these things concerning with holiness and God and his righteousness, (laughs) you know, and focus on him and then don't worry about the rest. Well, and, and you, I make
0: a, you, you, you make a good point there. You make a really good point. Even, I mean, even if you take in the context of, like we've talked about, how that, you know, someone, <clears throat> we're trying to share our faith with someone and they lash out against us, um, you know, and we've done it twice. Like Chris said, you know, shake the dust off your feet. I mean. I think that's what six is referring to, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before saw, unless they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you.
1: Well, I'm, talking about people. Talking about yeah. people. Trying to give the gospel to people, you know, and uh, they're equated to uh, dogs and pigs.
2: You, Jeremiah, just hit me like a ton of bricks. you realize how fortunate we are that we're talking? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking civilly, and uh, we agree on the Word of God and who Jesus Christ is, because, quite frankly, out in the real world, this—that's what we're talking about—the real world, right?
3: <laughs> that's <Dude>. right. <laughs> and,
2: uh, it would just be uh, a battle in which, in the end, we just—we would inevitably we'd be judgmental towards people of the world, you know, our neighbors and relatives and all that because of the conflict that comes along with it.
1: Yeah, I think our own pride would tend to try to keep us in the conversation when we should really just turn and kick the dust off, you know, and go go find somebody else that may be more receptive to the message. We have a short time on this life, and, you know, if we can get the gospel to whomever, but if we sit and dwell and waste time on one person that's obviously you know, 180 degrees, antithetically opposed to our message. You know, uh, let's leave them. Let's let's go elsewhere. God will, you know, uh, maybe God won't. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and and the only ones that were saved from the flood were him and his seven family members. Yet he was a preacher of righteousness, and I tend to, well, obviously, he didn't get, he didn't, Proselyte like, uh, successfully any of his of his countrymen. They all died in the flood.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it was all it was all. Pre-ordered. He didn't have I one. He didn't
1: have one follower outside his own family. Not yeah. one.
2: I, I just I just want to say, gentlemen, holy smokes! I just finally I just finally has hit me. God really, really is working in my life. Harry, <laughs> I'm talking to you too, and Walt's listening. And you know, I got a brother who's an Eastern Orthodox, and you were talking about the paintings of Jesus and all that. All this—just go to his Facebook pages. Everything is <laughs> 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 about neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> And my sister is a Roman Catholic, and mom's a Mormon. And um, so these are the people closest in my life as far as siblings and. Of course, friends in the world, none of them are interested in God at all. They're interested in music or this or that or the other. But uh, well, God really has been working in my life. All praise and glory, glory to God. Thank you, God. It really has been.
3: Yeah, it, it really
2: has. he really has been. I mean, I, I just just listening to you, gentlemen, talking, like well, my goodness, God has really been working in my life. Well, I feel the very well, same you'll, way. You'll
1: really know it as He does that. You're, you'll be cognizant of it.
0: You know, and it seems like I don't know, Chris, if you had this experience, but you know, I, I, I'll tell you what, uh, Michael, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to exalt you or anything else, but
1: uh, God be a time anyway. God, so. is, God,
0: God <laughs> has used you tremendously in my life, you know. He has.
1: Ditto that here.
0: Yeah, you know, and so it's it's uh, yeah it's. That's the beautiful thing about this. We need each other in fellowship and brotherly love, and and uh, we, you know, iron sharpens iron. But and I know that's a worldly saying, but the point is, it does in the scriptures. You know, and uh, you know how many people would welcome to do a study on the seventh chapter of Matthew (laughs) on on Saturday night. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where (laughs) most people are out doing flesh things tonight, okay?
2: Yes, this is true. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, so I guess I, I'm recognizing how ungrateful I am. So I really am sorry. Sorry, God. and Sorry to you, Jim. I'm, I'm a little bit you
1: ungrateful. We already do those fleshy things in the world. Aren't we kind of tired of it and sick of it? Isn't that yeah. why we're drawn here on a Saturday, as yeah. a matter of fact? You know? Yeah. yeah. Those things don't do anything. They can only just get us in trouble. It's the right. world in, god, you know. Yeah. I don't advocate going out and doing anything except the, the things that we need to do to sustain our life, like chopping and paying bills and fixing something around the house or whatever it is. But this is what I look forward to is fellowship. That's really that makes my day. Without that. I get a
0: I, get a, I got a kick out of Jerry one time. I, I was talking to him on the phone. And uh, Jerry, you know, he he just he's got such a different way about him and if he's listening to this, well Jerry, I hope you're you know, laughing with me on this. But I Jerry, I said, Jerry, what do you you know what what's you know, what's really important to you? You know, what he I go I know you like to fish. He goes, I like to I like to fellowship. He he said, It keeps me from sinning.
3: <laughs>
0: well, you know what? I think there's something to do that. I mean, in other words, if we're talking if we're talking about the Lord and we're, we're we're listening to what Christ is saying and we're repeating what he's saying, um I think that's in a better position than being you know, I was, I had a renter one time and and her son I might have shared this with Michael, I don't know, but she had a 14-year-old son, and he loved to play these risque video games. There's some real risque ones out there, as you all know, and he, liked, he wore this T-shirt all the time. I don't think he ever changed his T-shirt, and on the front of it, it said, ah, 7 o'clock, wake up, 7.15, have breakfast, 8 o'clock. Play video games. Through through 10 o'clock, play video games. Let's see, 11.15, restroom break. 11.15 to 12, play video games. 12 to 1, lunch. (laughs) 1 o'clock to dinner, play video games. After dinner, play video games. Go to bed. And then it's got a line that says, "Repeat thing, same thing next day." <laughs> <laughs> that was his whole life. You know, that was his whole yeah. life. Yeah.
1: To project it to the world on his shirt. Yeah. That, to that yes. magnitude, he's proud of it. That's just what he knows.
0: That's his religion, you
1: know. Well, I, I and, was, and my main,
0: my maintenance man, my maintenance man admitted. You know, he he told me he's got a. Concert to go to a metal concert to go oh, yeah, to. Yeah, you were and,
1: talking about him and how what a metalhead he is and his. Yeah, you and know his whole life revolves around, and he even acknowledged that he's
0: a center going to hell,
1: didn't he? Didn't he yeah, well, acknowledge
0: that he he he's when he when he's got this this metal concert coming up in uh, in July, and he said, "Hey, you know what? I have to be there." I said, "Why is that?" He said, "I have to be there." It's because of who the groups are. And I go, why do you have to be there? And he said, well, let me put it like this, okay? Maybe you'll understand it. That's my church, okay?
3: <laughs>
0: wow.
2: Well, you know, there, there was a time in my life when I was, you know, as a songwriter and, a,
3: yeah. and an
2: artist, it was my whole life, just getting up in the morning and uh, writing songs and, uh, you know, painting paintings or doing drawings and uh so if I wasn't working on a railroad or messing around with a gal, and say, uh, you know what, I wake up in the morning and go to bed thinking, <laughs> of, all, of all things, my Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Wow.
3: Yeah.
2: It's been that way for a couple months now.
0: And so that goes back to what you said earlier about Chris bringing up this, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Now we're ready for the 7th verse, which says, ask and shall be given, seeking, you shall find, knock and shall be opened, everyone that ask us, and so on shall be open. And you know what? Sometimes we ask amiss, too. And sometimes we, you know, I had a guy tell me, uh, it just really got me, you know, he said, uh, that scripture that says, if you ask anything according to my name, I'll give it. He said, that's the biggest lie. He goes, that's ridiculous. He goes, you know that's not true. You've asked things in his name that haven't come to pass. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I said, uh, it's a big lie if for some people because they they don't even understand the name of Christ. When you're asking in his name, you're asking according to the for to, according to his nature, according to who he is, and according to his will, and he always gives you an answer and he it may not be the answer, it might be no <laughs> okay <laughs> the answer might be n o, just like it was for Paul when he asked three times to be healed, so you know um,
2: what I, I like to talk to you about too, Larry is because both of us came out of uh were in unity at one time, and they exploit this verse to the house.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And, and, uh, so, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit more. What does that mean? What is he talking about when he says "ask"? Because, of course, if you're coming out of this Luciferian, uh, uh, self-centered, religion-like unity, well, you know, asking is, you know, they're thinking about, well, how much money I can make in the bigger house and the, my pretty wife and all these things of the world, right? That's what they're right, thinking about. Right, right. They're not thinking about the things of what God, of God, and what He wants.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I think it's really a good point you're bringing up because the answer really is found in verse 11 to the question you're answering. Because we don't know what's best for us. There's no way, you know. But he does. It says, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him. You know, the things that we're asking for may not be good for us. I mean, I know I've asked for things sometimes that I'm sure glad God did not grant my request. That's all I can tell you. And this is even after I was, you know, after I was, uh, after I had come to a saving knowledge of Christ that I asked him this, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I I
2: know in in unity, uh, misapplying this scripture, and I I have to tell you something. There were some really bizarre things that happened. Uh, My desires, my wishes were granted. Uh, I remember one one time, my high school sweetheart that I hadn't talked to and seen or did anything with her, you know, uh, and... uh, Twenty some years, twenty three years, twenty four years. I do of the things that they teach you in unity and all that, the visualization and all that, I ended up she had, she showed up, she called three days later. Yeah. And ended up having uh a debaucherous and perverse but at the time I enjoyed it, you know, a month of uh you know, romping around and all that. And she told me she was in the middle of a divorce. So I to find out later that she wasn't in a divorce. And in fact, that her husband worked for the military, uh, something very similar to the NSA, and oh.
0: got
2: involved with my computers and calling on oh, my, my parents and family and saying, they're, he's going to kill me and all this. Stuff. But, but my point in all that is, yeah, you know, it's amazing how Satan will answer your, your desires, Absolutely, not none of it was any good for me, for her, for anybody involved. It was <laughs> just leading was leading me straight to hell and everyone else. And uh, so, thank goodness that God doesn't answer my prayers when they're uh, out of sorts or out of line with what He wants, because it just give. I know I have living proof that it uh,
0: absolutely
2: it's absolutely destructive. He gave us what we wanted all the time.
0: We would be in so much
2: even, trouble. Even, even, in
0: the, <laughs> even in the context of before we were born again. I mean, I was just sharing this with Walt, I mean, with Jerry a couple nights ago. You know, we all have our childhood sweethearts, and I had mine. And and uh, I remember when I was sacred. eighth grade. I mean, I was, eighth grade, I was in love with this little girl, you know. I mean, she was a cutie, you know. And I remember she gave me her picture. And on the back of the picture, she wrote, to my real darling and sweetheart. <laughs> you know, And I thought, oh, boy, I was like in hog heaven, you know. She was one of the cutest girls in the class. And we went into freshman, sophomore high school, and uh, she fell in love with this junior in high school. And here I am in the same grade that she's in. And, I mean, I was devastated, broken hearted, Larry, you know. <laughs> And uh, got out of high school, and she married that guy, and the guy was a Finnish carpenter, and uh, I happened to be out about in the community. and I don't know what, well, I mean, I'm sure I know God ordained it, you know, but uh, he was working on this house, and I happened to see his car, so I pulled over went in, you know, just just doing the small talk with him. And you know what? He told me, out of the blue, I didn't ask her anything. He said, now, Larry, he goes, I'm going to tell you something. I know you loved her. I know you loved her. And he says, all I can tell you is you're a blessed man for not marrying her. He, He said, she has been nothing more than absolute hell for me to live with. He said, she is the most promiscuous, well, I won't say the words he used. Oh, oh. And uh, he said, you know what? He, of course, he didn't use the right terminology, but what he said is, you're a lucky man. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> and I wasn't born again at the time. I wasn't a Christian. But I walked back to my car, and I thought, oh, man, I'm sure glad that didn't work out. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Just stuff like that. Just stuff
2: like that. I mean There's so many things in our life that we're so glad that it didn't work out. Oh
3: the older you get. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then things have changed and so the focus has changed completely. To a point now where, you know, instead of thinking about the old girlfriend or the pretty girl, or whatever, I'm thinking about my Lord Savior. So Now oh. only only God could do something like that. Because I was the guy thinking about the old girlfriend and the pretty girl most of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, uh,
2: yeah, and it's no, no exaggeration. So,
0: well, Chris, Chris can you uh, can you read the story? I think we pretty well covered. Can you start with verse? Sure,
1: uh, sure. Verse, verse six. Yeah, give not that hmm. which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and tear or rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. For what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent?
0: Well, you know, that's, I think we pretty well, We pretty well covered that. Why don't you read the next five verses?
1: If ye then be evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Hmm. Enter ye in at the straight gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Wow. How prevalent really? <laughs> that is today, and in, uh, in the 99 percent of the five, you know, the 501c3 and the whole, you know, Adiola sent me. A, I hope Adiola's listening. We spoke a little just shortly before he came on, Michael, and uh, I suggested, hey, we're going to have another one. We'd like you tuned in a little bit, it's up there in uh, around Quebec or uh, the North Bay, Canada. And uh, he sent me a thing about the two kingdoms, a, a video, but it led to more videos. And uh, it really talked about the Pope and the whole thing and just how, and it had Copeland and and Smiley, uh, Smiley, uh, Joe Osteen, yeah, <laughs> Smiley Osteen and the You know, they were there just propping up and how wonderful the Pope is and how this ecumenicism is just, and these are ravening wolves. Just be sure to include your love gift, you know, and uh, we'll pray for you. Or we'll anoint them and and put our hand on it and pray. You know, uh, rubbish. Give me a break. Uh, It's so tiresome and old. And they're doing it in the face of an economy like this? You have the gall, unmitigated gall, that, well, they really got some people by the hook, you know, that really yeah. think this is the way and the way they twist that. But ravening wolves, but this part in 12, the law and the prophets, Jesus really gave, you know, I, I gave you a new commandment to love one another. Well, that's like the, you know, the first two commandments love God, you know, with your whole heart, mind, soul, et And your and your, your neighbor is yourself. And in doing that, you fulfill the law and the prophets. Because really, those two—if you can—if you can fulfill those two, those two commandments, you've really—if you can really fulfill those, you've truly fulfilled the ten commandments.
0: You know that one little part there that says, um, you know. Whatever you do, uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, let's see here. Um, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? I don't. I I think it's impossible.
3: <laughs>
1: you what? You what?
0: I, I think that's impossible.
1: Well, it is because we I are. Mean, and
0: because, you know, I mean, it's like I I cannot. I cannot even fathom being able to uh, to do that.
1: Well, you know, if because... I'm not able to fulfill that, I'll just soon stay away from them because I don't want to do Kant worthy wise to that command. So I kind well, of not want to give myself a chance to blow it. So I just assume.
0: Well, you know, it's like,
1: it's like that.
0: as you know, it's like you know, uh, I'm looking. In fact, by the way, guys, I'm gonna be going back down to uh Cherokee village in the morning back to worship with Jerry tomorrow. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, uh, I, I think we're all pretty transparent with each other. And I told Jerry, I said, you know, Chris warned me now, not, not to exalt any man and that includes you, Jerry. Okay. <laughs>
3: Did I say that?
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, no, you weren't speaking of Jerry, you were just speaking of any man. Okay. We were talking about men, you know. And um uh, he said he said, Chris is absolutely right. You know. He said, That's the problem with so many churches today. They they make their, their pastor the Pope. The Pope. Yeah, they, you know, they make their pastor their confessor. They make their ca- pastor their counselor. They make their pastor their you know everything
1: they're gone and uh,
0: but anyway uh i I'm still negotiating in fact i'm still uh, i'm gonna actually go look at uh, a couple properties tomorrow, and i'm negotiating on uh, and and uh you know just having a place to hang my hat down there when I go to worship but um, if I'm in uh, Cherokee Village or pineville or weatherby or or abandoned Oregon or Uh, you know, or or, uh, Sylvania, Pennsylvania. I I can see myself going to Sylvania. I've always wanted to – I've never been to Pennsylvania. I've been to California, but I've only been to Irvine. I've never been to, as Walt says, to the top of the grapevine. But, but, you know, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Jerry says to me, Larry, I just hope that if you get a place out here, I don't blow it, you know. And I said, Jerry, you're gonna blow it. I said, just like <laughs> I, I said just like I said to, to Michael when he was so concerned about you know relation. We're gonna. The issue is not the fact that we're not gonna blow it. I said, I'm not giving myself permission to blow it. I'm just being. I'm just being honest. We're all gonna blow it. It's so, what we do when we do blow it. Right. You know, and and that's that's why I look at this particular passage here that says, you know, man, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just getting the flesh more than everybody else. Maybe I I guess I'm just a Peter, but uh, you know, and I don't like it. But whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even to them.
1: Man. Speaking in a positive sense, yeah, but but also negatively, you know, if somebody does yeah. something negatively to you, the best thing to do is get out of there. But you know, <laughs> don't uh, but don't re but don't, re, don't retaliate, right? You don't want to right. retaliate because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and well, you know, you all know that. You know, so we're even though we want to, you know, like this thing with my brother, you know, I mean, he really just didn't help, and I think it led to my, me. With this blurred eye, you know, and is uh, it stress? He put a lot of stress on me. Well, actually, I allowed him to do that. You know, that's my own fault. I should have just kindly just hung the phone up for him when he started rolling with the first f bomb. That's not yeah. that's not him. And he right. really just started right. rolling. I didn't know where he'd go, and I just thought, wow, this is uh, no. But uh, no, I just sat in there. I never raised my voice. But he did, and he just went into a tirade, you know, over something that can't be helped or or fixed or done or anything can do can be done to change the past. Past is the past, and uh, you know we've got to let those things go. Give them, give the people over to God that just as soon ran us and trampled us underfoot. That's what I'm learning. That uh, it's just better to. Uh, well, it's like even on a higher plane, you know, when the wicked rule, it's the, the, the hide yourself. You know, that's what the proverb says. When the wicked rule, you know, I don't want to be out there, subject to the wicked, and the wicked rule. So I tend to be more of a introverted, uh, more of a homebody. You know, and even if I go out, it's just in a little small town. I don't really like to go down to Bakersfield,
0: but uh, it's better. To go I, down I, to I, I I have, I have, I I will use the word abhor, but I I just I do not like going into high density areas at all. You know, and, and I'm like you. I I the older I get, the 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 more I don't know. I guess that the and, and see, this is the thing that's so. Been so amazing to me about reading the the ministry of Christ while He was here because He went right in amongst the sinners. He went right in amongst the the publicans and the, you know and, and He was absolutely ridiculed for it. You know and you know so you're eating with publicans and sinners. You're a wine bibber. You're you know all this stuff and.
1: Well, they were judging the Lord, they weren't discerning anything but what the what the common consensus was about that yeah so well, they were
2: i I'd like, like to ask you gentlemen about uh, verse fourteen, what's your take on that?
0: Well, I was just looking at that a minute ago, and I was going to ask you your take on it.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: well, you know one of the things I've been dealing with, and I've been open about it, and uh what, what does this mean, you know, uh, because straight to the gate narrows the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And uh, for some reason, I'm thinking about organized religion, and I'm thinking about how there's a church in every, uh, all over the place. You know, there's not, there's not a government building all over the place, there's a church. And right. Uh, right. And, uh, and you know it in thirteen. It talks about the wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there, the many there, and many there be which go at. And I'm well, just, I'm just you know, wondering. I, I'm getting the impression. That I'm wondering, dear God, I'm wondering if it's just. That this is what we're talking about here is religion, and that somehow we're using religion, organized religion, as a substitute to having a personal relationship with our God,
0: and that by well, you know Christ said, Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And uh, he also uh, is attributed to being the door. You know, I am the door. And so Jesus Christ, his imputed righteousness is is the narrow way. And the wide way that leads to destruction is man-centered religion, like you said. And so in other words, just like down below when it talks about good fruit and and bad fruit, evil fruit. You know, we in our flesh, all we're going to bring forth is evil fruit. But the thing about it is, the only good fruit is the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And by the way, I can prove that because the fact that what God sees in us is no good thing. In us dwelleth no good thing. In other words, we're all as filthy rags. And so when we look at the, the broad way that leads to destruction and the fact that 99 and 99% of churches, I use that in a broad sense, not the Bride of Christ, I like your term better, organized religion, uh, is going there in the Armenian camp, the free will camp, uh, they're going in the same camp. The free willers, see, are not just those that take on Christ's name. There are those that are free willers that absolutely blaspheme Christ's name. I mean, Hutchinson, Hutchins, Hitchens, Chris Hitchens, the atheist, is a free willer. Many of the humanists, the people that wrote the humanist manifestos, are free willers, you know. And so this is the wide way that leads to destruction. That's why Pope Francis can get up and say that even the atheists, if they're sincere, they'll make it to heaven.
1: Yeah, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy has no... Uh,
2: but, yeah you know, but even even the uh, those who are not free willers, but I just think this. you know, the fact is because we're so fallen, so corrupt, uh, you know, talk about pride, you're talking about, you're talking about pride, well, all of us do, and uh, I can't imagine that a pastor does not have struggle with that too. It just seems to me like we're using it, to, I, and I could be absolutely wrong, but it seems like we're using religion as a substitute to having a personal relationship with Christ. And that, um, and how does that? Well, just like as you're, you're, you, 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 were talking earlier about how. Um, that it's it becomes a man centered religion where even though they might be talking about you know election and predestination and, and the, the sovereignty of god yet it's a it's a man or a group of men leading a group everyone seems to be accountable to them instead of to to Christ
0: right and well I, you know here's the deal i mean the reality is this that um, you know, we cannot, we cannot, uh, we cannot make religion and a personal. In other words, what you're saying is that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is different than you know just a set of of doctrines. In other words, or, you know, organized religion. In other words, Christ said. I am the way, the truth, and the lie. You know, and you know, at the defense now. I know that a lot of people don't like this, but uh, why did Christ, and why did Peter, and why did Paul spend so much time preaching and teaching and affirming the doctrine of election? if it was just organized religion. Because you could lay the charge that Jesus Christ, Apostle Paul, and Peter weren't just into organized religion. Why did they spend so much time on this doctrine? You know, because they knew the time would come when they would no longer endure sound doctrine, but they would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, the 99 percenters. And I, I I know that there's a danger of just trying to trying to uh, elementarize this. In other words, saying, "Well, you know, the Armenians over here, and then the sovereign grace over here, and the Armenians are going to hell, and the sovereign grace people are not." And, you know, the people that hold the election are the ones that have the truth, and the people that are Armenian. No, what I'm saying is, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ includes believing what Jesus Christ taught. That is a personal relationship. You can't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and then just absolutely throw aside everything that he taught. I mean, you know, it's one of the things that I've just been amazed at. People say, well, you know, I'm glad that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I get talking to them, they deny virtually everything Jesus Christ taught while he was on the face of this earth. And I say, well, how could you say you know the man that taught all that the Father give me will come to me, and all that come to me I will no wise cast out? You just absolutely deny that, and you say you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How can you say that it is, you know, through your apostles, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy, and say that it's your free will? that let Jesus into your heart and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You're calling him and his apostles liars. And, and, and that's what I, just amazes me because it's not religion. It's the teachings of Christ and his apostles we're talking about. That's not right. religion.
2: You know, and so... And, and also religion, religion also, you know, it scares me because hear uh, voice bothers me. It's not so... It's... Uh, it's uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of offending God by going. This. Does that make sense? I'm afraid yeah. if I go to the church, I'm going to end up offending God because I'm going to end up putting uh, the group, the church, the organization, the creeds, the the confession,
0: the leadership above Christ. Right. I know, well, you know, I know.
2: I know. will do it. I know. I know I know. I'm
0: notorious. I know. I'm notorious for jumping ahead my nature, you know, I don't want to jump ahead there. Okay. You know? But in verse twenty-six just it says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. You know? In other words, if you if a person hears the teachings of Christ and they don't subscribe to him and embrace them, and then of course the last verse says I mean, the 28th verse that came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, these people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority. In other words, he was sovereign over all this. Jesus Christ belonged to the first church of the sovereign grace. <laughs> right. I'm the just church being facetious. I'm just saying, Jesus Christ taught sovereign grace, sovereign election, you know. And if people want to well, you know, I had a gal call me one time, and she was an old German, you know, and uh, she was really, you know, German people can, and I know this is an overgeneralization, but I've I've had I've talked to quite a few. Now, if there's any German people, this isn't pick on German Day, okay? But I mean, some German people can be pretty curt, and this gal was one of them. She said, "You know what, Larry, you're teaching dead orthodoxy, dead orthodoxy." <laughs> you you just think you're one of the frozen chosen (laughs) and I said you you know what I said uh, there's nothing dead about the teachings of Christ they're alive and well thank you very much and uh, I don't know why you think the chosen people are frozen because I think the chosen people are the most warm loving, kind truthful people I've ever met in my life and I said, if I'm coming across to you as being unwarm or uncaring and frozen and frigid, if I'm coming across to you as being having dead orthodoxy, I am very sorry, because that's not what I want to convey at all. You know, Christ was not, did not teach dead orthodoxy. You know. When, and I said, well, you know what, when he drove the money changers out of the temple, he was very much alive, you know. He wasn't dead. But I said also, he was very warm when he said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He was also very warm when he said, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, you know. And I said he was also very warm when he conveyed through the Apostle Paul, that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And so I don't see, you know, I just don't see the doctrines of Christ and the apostles uh, taught as being religion. And and by the way, I know that's not what you were saying at all, uh, Mike. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people out there that when you start When you start getting into doctrine, exhorting and rebuking with all long-suffering, and like I've already said, you know, my problem is, you know, the long-suffering part. But uh, the moment you start going down the road of, you know, when somebody says to you, you know, I don't believe, I don't believe that God would create a person and not give them the ability to keep all of his Ten Commandments, then you can automatically recognize that they're denying the doctrine of original sin when they make a statement like that. When somebody comes to you and says, "Uh, I don't believe that God would create someone such that they would come to him without them you know, having some say in the matter. Well, what they're actually denying is unconditional election. When somebody comes to you and says, you know what, uh, I don't see anything wrong with going up to anybody on the street and telling them God loves them. You know that they're denying particular redemption. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, I have no problem with, with somebody saying that, you know, that that Jesus Christ is has made it Possible for all men to come to Him. He says, "Whosoever believe upon Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." They're denying irresistible grace. They're denying that. I heard a, and then of course when someone says, you know, why does the, you know, why does it say that your name can be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life? Or you believe in, in you know, uh, they call it eternal security, you know, and. Uh, you know that they're denying uh, about you know two hundred passages of scripture that talk about he's given unto you eternal life, and no man can pluck you out of his hand and no man can pluck you out of the father's hand, and they're taking that passage out of context in revelation about the lamb's book of life, and we could talk about that also this passage that talks about you know whosoever will can drink of the you know come to the Fountain of life, you know in revelation there, great good little, and uh the problem is is that <clears throat> it's an attack, not on it just this is a thing that i would I would like to convey tonight, that is whenever someone tries to say that you're into religion by embracing and subscribing to the doctrines that Christ taught, and he taught his to, disciples to teach. By the way, have you ever thought about it? What do you you think Christ was doing all the time that he spent with his disciples alone? He was teaching them what he believed. He was teaching them his doctrine. That's why they subscribed to it, because, you know, they had gone to um, the, you know, the Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints Seminary, and not the Mormons. <laughs>
3: <Okay>? <laughs>
0: I'm talking about the New Testament, the Jesus Christ New Testament Seminary. They, had, they firsthand went there, okay, and they had three and a half years of instruction by. And, and then people come along and say, well, the Apostle Paul is no longer culturally relevant for today. Bogodash or whatever—it's that's just a bunch of that's just a bunch of malarkey. It is most most certainly culturally relevant for today. Jesus Christ is the one that instructed the Apostle Paul. You're going to do a one-upmanship over Jesus? Now, now, Larry, shut up. <laughs> well, it seems to me that he's
2: trying to teach us about uh, coming out of religion and and following him. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. You know,
3: well,
1: brothers religion religion's a very manipulative thing, you know. I mean these people in these churches, you know, they you know, it's almost like the Jew in the small community back then that we touched on this before. They boy to be excommunicated or thrown out of the out of the synagogue was well where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? My family will be a you know my whole family will be looked at as a as a you know as a as a bad thing you know and the, everybody but today even more so you know but at least they have the ability to go to another false church and i'm saying saying it <laughs> most churches are phony from the ground up to begin with they're just but the manipulative and it and it it rubs off on their on their people and it's like that woman that was talking to you about earlier, Larry, uh, well, did, you find, did you go to church, you know, and want to know all your business and everything? And, you know, she's manipulative, this woman. I right. can tell. That's all I needed to hear is that, that tone and that question. And that's just a manipulation. And she learned it at church, you know, or else she always had it in her. And it really came to the head in by as a result of going to one of these manipulative churches, which I have no business being in, and have no desire to to go to you know they want to know all your business and I live in a small town as it is enough and i I like my privacy you know but i I have a, you know the good Lord is good enough to save me and give me evidence thereof and that's enough, and I'm grateful for you, brethren, to uh, fellowship with, even though it's by virtue of high tech. Uh, you know, maybe we can get together, you know, uh, 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 in the flesh, you know, someday soon. You know,
0: I, I think that the thing that marks the brethren when they come together is the things that they speak on, they speak on uh, the great things that Christ has done for us. Not only personally in our own redemption and salvation, but also for all of his elect, i want to read you this now i um i uh it's amazing how this works. I don't believe in um, how how should I put this uh in other words, I believe that God gives gifts to men. I believe that's scriptural, you know, and um I don't believe that uh I'm not taking any credit for this. I'm just saying that I I wrote this down, and after I wrote it down, then I, um, my wife's real good at putting stuff to uh, music, but uh, there's a lot of music out there that will cross over, you know, the, the meters with songs, but it says, this, this is this is titled A True Story. You know, when I was a kid, I'd sing this song, you know, Tell me the story of Jesus, right on my heart every word. Tell me the story, most precious, sweetest that ever was heard, and so on. But the problem is they didn't tell the complete story, you know. Paul Harvey used to say, "Now here's the rest of the story." Right. Well, they never gave me the full story. I okay, I want to read this. Looking back in history, we we see events unfold, and the greatest story in history is the greatest story ever told. It's not just a novel. No, this story is true. How God sent His Son to die to redeem His chosen few. Now this, of course, this next thing, this is what ended up being the chorus. Praise and thanksgiving we give to the Son who in the courts of heaven with the three in one made provision for this sinner Through his blood, the work is done. The plan was determined between the Trinity. Now, I know the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but anyway. The plan was determined between the Trinity, and this great story in history would be a certainty. God would redeem his people, a ransom he would pay. Christ would be slain on Calvary in history on that day. You see, Scripture tells us that he was slain in eternity before the world began. It was predetermined. Yes, it was his master plan. And so that's really, you know, that's what we talk about when we get together. What, you know, this is a grand master plan designed by the Godhead. And he's completed it. And that's what I want to focus on when I get together with my brothers in Christ.
1: That's right. I. Me too.
0: You know, that's... That's the totally whole
1: thing. It, it me. I don't want to manipulate anybody. I don't want to be manipulated. I'm not no. manipulated. I won't no. manipulate. I want to be, I guess, manipulated by the Lord. Right If you want to use that term. You know? But people yeah. with their free will, they don't want to be manipulated by the truth of the Bible. Let's just take a God's sovereign election. Okay? You can go to every single... Once you understand election... And people don't see this unless they understand God's sovereign election. But you can go to every single page in this whole Bible, and election is going to jump out at you at least once.
0: Absolutely.
1: If not more times, on every single page, God's election jumps out at me and just, you know, reigns. Over me, and I'm praise God for it. Hey, we went. We
0: went this. by it. We went. We were down in P. Ridge, Arkansas, today, and drove by this church. Great big sign, Free Will Baptist Church, and then, Free then it, it, oh, yes, and Flossing. then it said it said on the sign, you know, <clears throat> Jesus is waiting patiently for you. Oh. And and, and my wife. You know, she's in the car and she goes, "Oh, poor little Jesus." Yeah. You know.
3: He needs that's the whole thing. You know.
0: Jesus, that's Jesus what Christ, that's Christ. what they Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe, and you know, it says that that every knee will bow and every tongue will should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it says that he's coming back as a ruling, reigning king. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. You know, and people are talking about it. he's waiting patiently for
1: you. You know, right? You so, see the you know, irony, the hypocrisy there. Oh, we man. see the
2: uh, we look at uh, you know our, our you know our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and who He is. And he's created universe and all things. A good question here, though, would be with this uh, straight and as the gate narrows the way, uh, and of course this would be our Lord Savior. What are your gentlemen's take on what it means and how do we worship our Lord Savior Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father and uh, the Godhead, if you will? And how do we worship? How do we praise? Because I'm getting the impression that the best way and the way that he wants us to is through our prayer life with him and submitting to him. And the way to submit to him is by reading his book, his words. <laughs> and yeah. outside of that, there's nothing else to do, really.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, one significant way to worship is what we're doing right now. We're exalted. Try and, try and bring yeah. him we're
1: glorifying we're our, in, our, in our walk. As we walk through this earth, you know, we try to bring glory to God and not ourselves or at least be an example, you know, uh, in a way. You know, and people say, well, how can you be that? You don't get out, you know, much. And, you know, and I lately I haven't because of pain and other things, you know, but no, I try to be an example. And just loving God's word, the rest, it kind of, Larry, doesn't it kind of take care of itself in in a a person's life? yeah,
0: I mean, it's just like today, you know, Jerry called me up, and we had – he said – Jerry called me up, and he says, I need to talk to a center. And I said, well, you got the right number, 816 four nine s i n sinn And, yeah. um, well, you know
3: –
2: Does this make sense what I'm all saying? And there's nothing – I don't see – and if you read scripture, there's nothing about going to a building. There's nothing about rites and rituals anymore. There's nothing about...
3: The, if there's
2: any kind of ritual, if you want to call it that, that is, you know, having... It's talking with God and uh, reading His Word. That's it. And,
1: That's of course, right. being with
2: other, other others of his, of his elect, they were doing the same thing. That's right. And encouraging each other and... Uh, so how how do how does one go about worshiping God and and how does one go about praising him? I would like to well, hear your a, take on that. There's
1: there's a book of remembrance that's mentioned, okay? And I guess another books will be opened on Judgment Day in heaven. And, you know, the only book I'm concerned with is the Bible. But anyway, in regard to these other books, you know, that could be allegory, I, I'm not sure, you know, but but the point is it's uh every time you mention Jesus Christ among brethren i, I you can kind of put it you kind of look at it like this that uh god makes a little notation of course he does he knows all things he doesn't need a he doesn't need a ledger <laughs> uh what's happening is god is aware of of and appreciates you know it, well he doesn't appreciate anything he he sees we appreciate him but he's he's aware of that that we bring God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit to light in our fellowship as I' as I said as I said it kind of takes care of itself it's something you don't really outwardly do it just happens and and this is a good example by virtue of this particular any kind of fellowship like especially with Mike's you know uh, talks you that's a good example of what I'm talking about. Now I don't know yeah. if you want thunder and lightning in a good way or whatever to you know knock you out of your chair in a good way. No, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to be you know as we as we pray and and ask of the Lord and and, and read His Word is again His Word does not come back void. You know, kind of touching on what we read earlier about uh, about ask you know paraphrasing, ask your father and he won't give you a snake or he won't, if it's accordance with his will, and I think the greatest thing we can do is share the gospel, the truth and we're going to come up against people, manipulative people that that are doing fine and well thank you very much in their free will assembly, you know, they've got a good thing going they got a pretty wife, big house good job, you know children that are running wild in the world on average, you know. But, uh, no, it's it's so subtle. It's about as subtle as uh, a lot of workings of God. They're very subtle. They're not going to, that's what they want. They want an emotional response. They want uh, talking in tongues, rolling in the aisle. They want uh, to cry and accept Jesus and cry about it, you know. And uh, it's a slow process. Sanctification process is a, is a lifetime process. After being justified by the by the blood of Christ shed on the cross for many, so I'm not looking you know, for any lightning bolts. It's not going to happen.
2: Uh, I'm not either. I just don't want to be doing anything more than I need to. This offensive to my God, and it seems to well, me the well, religion is can be can can be the ultimate form of offense towards God. Is religion
0: is seeming? You know what I mean? I think one of the one of the best ways to worship God, you know, is, um, you know, like you said, twofold: is to read His Word and to commune with Him in prayer. And I think that one doesn't necessarily have to follow the other, vice versa. I was just thinking when you were talking about the acknowledgement of. God in Second Peter chapter one, Simon Peter, servant apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Saviour Jesus Christ. I mean, that's Peter. I mean, I just blows my mind how they put words together. That that's a God thing. I mean, first of all, he says that we've obtained like precious faith through the righteousness. Of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, and then in the third verse he says, "According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises." that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And as he goes on down here, you know, he, he gets into the practical part of this. He says, beside, you know, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience, to temperance god, god, patience, godliness, and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Now that sounds like a works doctrine. But remember how he started the whole thing out. Yes, this is practical instruction, but he said in the very first verse to them that have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We've obtained it, and we've obtained it through Christ. And we need to make our calling and election sure. And yeah, yeah we're uh,
1: sure. We're, aren't we sure that He gave these things to us? Yes. Do we have evidences thereof?
0: Sure, we do.
1: Okay, that's.
0: And it's, it's it's not that we're cocky about it, or proud, uh, or arrogant, well, honestly, or It's Actually,
1: just the opposite. That's Actually, right. Just the opposite is is evident. Yes, it, yes. Just, it just it just shows us our our greater depravity.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That the
1: world doesn't want any part of because of the pride that we all had ourselves, but they continue with in the pride that they have as unregenerate sinners. We're all sinners.
0: Yeah, and no he reminds us. I mean, in verse in
1: 15,
0: fifteen, he says, "I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease, in other words, after he dies." to have these things always in remembrance, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from his excellent glory. This is my son, beloved Son, of whom I am well pleased. I find this funny. I find this humorous that Peter is using this because you realize this was kind of a rebuke to Peter when he was saying, let us make three tabernacles here.
1: Oh, yeah, the transfiguration. That is funny.
0: And he's bringing it back up, saying, yeah, here's what he said. Here's what he said. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. We have a more sure word of prophecy, wherein you do well that you take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. and where well, the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man. <laughs> Had nothing to do with free will. Had nothing to do with the will of man. Right. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You know.
1: Yeah, it never had anything to do with, with the will of man, even in the Old Testament, because the law was given to the Jews, not to us. Right. But we're aware of it as a schoolmaster. as a, You know, don't let it be a taskmaster. Because it's mm-hmm. not of, the, of, of any importance beyond... What it is, what it That's was. Right. It's That's still right. valid. It's still valid. It's just that we don't we don't live by it. We can't live by it. That's why Christ had to come in the first place. Yeah. To fulfill it. To fulfill it. And and he kept it perfectly. He wrote he's the only man I know, the God man, that actually wrote something and without flaw fulfilled what he wrote. Or that's like somebody saying something and 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 doing it. Well, a lot of people say things and you know and they don't live by it or they don't fulfill it. You know that's hypocrisy. It's just that's right. Remounting. But Jesus not only wrote it and fulfilled it. He, well, you know, you understand. The rest
0: the well, rest. guys, I've thoroughly enjoyed tonight, and I'll tell you what it you know it didn't take us much to get us wound up, did it? <laughs> <laughs> No,
2: I, um, well, I, Are, you I, I know I'll, I'll end the recording now, gentlemen, and thank you
0: for the evening. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get
1: lucky just about anywhere.